This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Before we get started, we just want to remind all of you, all the books listeners, don't forget to register for Book Riot Live. It is on November 12th and 13th in New York City. Liberty and I will be there doing a live edition of this podcast. It is bound to be ridiculous. There's so much excellent programming. One of the panels that I'm really excited about is called Hello from Another Side. It's featuring Alyssa Cole, Charlie Jane Anders, and Ruman Alam, whose book we have talked about on this show, He Wrote Rich and Pretty. And that's a panel about what to do when you're writing a character that is nothing like you. An important and hot button issue in today's publishing world. That's just one example. There will be so many great events, parties, programming, panels, you name it. The lineup is incredible. Visit bookriotlive.com to check it all out and use the offer code MOREcats, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, all one word, to save $20 on your registration. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 71, and today we are talking about books released on September 13th, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hey, hey. Hi there. Usually we record this show just after the weekend, and I was going to make a joke about working for the weekend, but it's Saturday morning, so we're just working on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. It's cool. I got no jokes. I'm almost on vacation. You're almost. Um, so I lost all my words. Uh, yes, you're almost on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this bodes well. <laughs> I was like, this is a good start. I was like, I'm all set to tell you something about Book Riot Live, and then like we switched topics, and I was like, wait. Um, but I wanted to say that we haven't really come up with something to do at, at Book Riot Live yet. Like we, you know, throw around like the double-headed snuggie new idea and all this stuff but there's this video that has been going around the internet this week that i have been sent like a million times of those people dancing with cats and i was thinking perhaps (laughs) maybe we could do like a routine like that (laughs) um i'm allergic to real cats but if you will be the cat i will dance with you okay all right that's cool (laughs) i can get you like a cat printed onesie you know footy pajama situation i might have one (laughs) i have one too There yeah. we go. We're just going to wear footy pajamas to record. Why wear a hood when you can wear a hood with ears? And this is true. Mine even has little, I can't believe I'm telling this story. Mine is like leopard print and it has little paw, like gloves that come over well, your Well, yeah. Hands. Obviously. So you don't scratch your face while you're sleeping. <laughs> Target, my friends. <laughs> if you are in need of ridiculousness, that's where I got mine. That's where I got my, my Darth Vader onesie, too. Oh, those are so good. I bought one for um, Swapna, our coworker who runs Book Riot Comics and is Star Wars obsessed. I found her a Darth Vader onesie with a cape last year. Is that the one you have? I don't have a cape. Yeah, hers has a cape. Oh, I think that means she's a higher rank than me. <laughs> She's like Star Star Vader. I've only seen all the Star Wars movies once, and so I'm out of my depth to make that joke. But she like Darth Squared. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably yeah. it. 
This is going to be a fun day today. I can feel it. Um, And the first title that you have, just the title alone, I've been looking at this book and hoping to get to it. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I feel kind of like I snagged this from you, even though you haven't read it. Like, I feel like this is a Rebecca book and she should be talking about it. But I'm going to do it. Do it. It is The Virginity of Famous Men, Stories by Christine Sneed. You will love this book. I, I, if I had a physical copy, I would have mailed it to you already. It's like, I have a copy. It's like sitting on my pile in my oh. office. I just couldn't read fast enough. I know. You'll get to it someday. It's so I good. Need to, I need to upgrade my software. She is fantastic. I have already read a few of her books, so I knew when I picked this up, like, that it would just be great. I mean, I had really high hopes, and my expectations were totally met. She is an exceptional writer that more people should be reading. Um, she has a couple of books of short stories already and a couple of novels. She's just fantastic. Um, she is very perceptive about the nuances of human emotions and behaviors, and she is extremely skilled at bringing them to life on the page. Like These stories feature people not at their best, you know, not that everyone is always at their best, um, or at least certainly they're not making the best decisions that they could be making for themselves. But they're still trying to like make things work and, and you know do the best with what they have. Um, one is about a young son who sort of competes with his famous father. His father is an incredibly famous actor. Um, and they have sort of this contentious relationship because of it. Um, romantic, they're sort of romantic rivals. And the, that is the um, title story, The Virginity of Famous Men. Uh, there's one about a location scout who brings a woman into the country illegally in the hopes of finding love. Like she, you know, says she loves him and she wants to move with him to the States. Um, you can imagine how, how well that goes. Um, there's a mother who realizes that she doesn't really like her spoiled teenage son all that much, <laughs> which is which is a fantastic... I mean, who would? like, what if, like, your children grow up and, and you don't like who they've become? Like, that's kind of your... You're, it's a little bit on her. Like, she knows, like, they have been spoiling him his whole life. He always gets what he wants. He He's allowed to talk to them however he wants. And she goes on vacation, and she's forced to spend it with him because her husband suddenly can't come along. And she's she doesn't like him very much. She's like, oh, man, you know? It's it's a fantastic, you know, point of view. Like, like what do you do? Um, and in these stories and more, she just realistically portrays human nature and, like, all its complications and she asks the readers to empathize with these characters and even forgive these characters their flaws. And it, you do. Like, she's she's amazing at doing that. Um, I, I just, you know, I think they're fantastic. There was one story, I don't even know if I should say this, but like there was one story where I wasn't certain if it just ended and I didn't quite understand the ending or if, like, the page got cut off on my galley, like, no. on the PDF. I was like, that was really weird! But now I really want to go back and read it again, but my galley expired, so I can't wait to, the, to get the hard copy and like go back and be like, what was she trying to say with this? It's a secret sales tactic. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like everything was I thought was perfect, like absolutely perfect. Um, again, it's called The Virginity of Famous Men, stories by Christine Sneed. My first pick is going to be kind of whiplash from that. I'm going real serious. Uh, it's called yeah. We Gonna Be All Right by Jeff Chang. This is a collection of essays. It is incredibly timely about resegregation in the United States and how resegregation is both a cause and an effect of the current political climate of the Black Lives Matter movement that we're seeing of uh, the black community really joining together to fight against police brutality and the way that black people are treated in the country. Um, it 
it's incredible. Um, and this is it's a small book, but it packs quite a punch. I've been reading like one essay a day. Uh, so Chang constructs this. Uh, also, this is an essay collection where the essays are absolutely in the right order. Like each one leads very nicely into the next one for the story that he's telling about what's going on in the country. And it's uh, it's just really well put together. He looks at the social and political maneuvering that came after the civil rights movement, or mostly after the civil rights movement, Movement after Brown versus the Board of Education, after uh, US schools were uh, supposed to be desegregated, what happened? Uh, white people started fleeing cities, white people started fleeing suburbs where the schools were supposed to be desegregated and setting up their own new, you know, essentially segregated, but not officially segregated areas. Um, he breaks out the difference between diversity in name and real racial equity. Um, and there are some incredible and horrifying and just like kind of shocking how unsurprising and disappointing uh, the anecdotes are that he uses to support like real things that happened that he uses to support this case that he's building, uh, including a story about uh, a kid who's who was at a college. He had been a student at um, the school for seven years, and the school was putting together catalogs, realizing that like, oh, crap, all of the photos of all of the students in our catalogs at like the sporting event that we want to show students at are white. And they found a photo of a kid who was brown, and they photoshopped him into like a football game. Uh, to be to use on their school catalogs. And of course, like he found out and he said he had never been to a football game. Uh, and the irony being like that the admissions department was located on one floor of a building and like the floor above them contained the diversity department that could have pointed them to a bunch of photos of activities of students who were not white. And the department like on the floor below them was also related uh, to diversity or student equity in some way. And the admissions people just weren't even looking. They just wanted to have the appearance of diversity. Um, and Chang takes apart this problem of uh, schools and corporations and constructing the appearance of diversity without really increasing opportunity or providing equal access um, to people of color to, you know, to advance in their educations and their careers and to participate proportionally uh, in the world. It's uh, really damning, uh, not new information, but very damning the way that he puts it together. Um, he also presents a really detailed history of St. Louis, um, of what has been happening there for more than a century that led up to the conditions that made St. Louis ripe for the events that happened in Ferguson after Michael Brown was killed. Um, um, and looks at how the movement began there, how uh, what happened in Ferguson and the Black Lives Matter movement sort of rose up together and have powered this response to, to police brutality. It is fantastic. Uh, if you have been reading Ta-Nehisi Coates and the Jesmyn Ward collection, The Fire This Time, and Michael Denzel Smith, um, and, oh, I don't know, Margot Jefferson's Negroland, a bunch of the you know contemporary books about race in the country, you don't want to miss this one. Again, it's called We Gonna Be All Right. It's by Jeff Chang. Fantastic. So good. Yeah. We're going to have whiplash again because now we have to yeah, talk let's, about Let's go bras. back to, yeah, go from whiplash to, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm out of jokes today. <laughs> like, I, I really don't have any, any you jokes. You can't that, have whiplash if you're properly supported, which yeah. you will be with your third love 24-7 t-shirt bra. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had no segue, you know, and I have no jokes except the ones knocking around in front of me. So... <laughs> Uh, yes, we're going to talk about Third Love again because we love them. 
Third Love is back. And as you know, if you've been listening to all the books, Rebecca and I absolutely love their 24-7 t-shirt bra. It is the most comfortable bra we've ever owned. I'm sure Rebecca has already packed hers for vacation. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. It's like we don't, it feels like I don't even like have to think about it. I don't know it's there. I don't want to, you know, claw at my clothes at the end of the day to get it off. Um, it's super smoothing and it's invisible under every outfit. The cups are made out of memory foam, so it like molds to your shape to give you a perfect fit. Um, it's just, it's so relaxing like to not have to think about that and be miserable, you know, wearing a bra all day. Um, if you have fit issues, like if you don't know what size you are, you can call their fit specialist or uh, other online fit specialist. I should say you can't, you could try calling them, but they probably won't answer. Um, and they will help you figure out like what size you need. They'll talk to you about it. Uh, they're really great. And Third Love stands behind this product so much that they are willing to let listeners try the t-shirt bra for free. You just pay the shipping. You wear it for 30 days. You do everything that you would normally do. You can take the tags off. You can wash it. Anything you know that you normally do with a bra. And if you love it, you keep it, and they'll charge your card. And if you don't love it, you send it back for free, and your card will not be charged. Uh, so if you are interested, you can go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started and check it out. Yes, for sure. I want to say I really love what Third Love is doing in responding to how real women's bodies are shaped. Um, there's this movement going on in fashion that is long overdue um, to have fashion and undergarments that respond to women's bodies rather than shoving women's bodies into predetermined you know, sizes and shapes. And the 24-7 t-shirt bra is an excellent example of this. You will just like feel like the best version of your bust possible. Um, and they have tons of sizes. If you're not positive that you're wearing the right bra size, like if it's been more than six months since you got sized for a bra or maybe you've never been sized, definitely do the Fit Finder. They carry not just the standard sizes, like if Victoria's Secret has done you wrong, you definitely want to check out Third Love. The band sizings go down to 28 and up to 40. They range in cup size from A all the way up to G. Um, so there are, you know, this is not, they, we can't find a bra for absolutely everyone, uh, but they are serving a much larger uh, audience and much larger customer base, uh, much broader than many of the brands that claim, you know, to be the ones that will make you feel contained and beautiful and sexy or just casual and comfortable, whatever it is that you want to feel. Uh, definitely check them out. They have tons of sizes too. Um, Liberty and I got free 24-7 t-shirt bras when they started advertising. So we've gotten to wear those and try them out and talk about the experience, but they have lots of other styles and I've bought a few for myself. So I'm just seconding that emotion. Definitely try it out. Thirdlove.com slash bookriot. Sorry, slash books, thirdlove.com slash books. You're so used to saying Book Riot. I know. I just say Book Riot all the time. My favorite typo ever, and maybe I've told this story before, was like in the first year of Book Riot, I was answering some email really quickly and I signed it off as the editor of Boob Riot. Oops. And I feel like now that we're doing third love spots, we could actually just have Boob Riot. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. We're What's all next? excited about it. For What's next for you? Oh, it's excellent. Um... I, there are so many words I don't know how to pronounce, so we're just going to try it. My next pick is called Rani Patel in full effect, or it could be Rainy or Ronnie. Or Ronnie? I'm going to go with Ronnie. Yeah, I haven't, I just realized like until the second I hadn't said it out loud. Um, it's Ronnie Patel in full effect by Sonia Patel. 
Uh, it's about an almost 17-year-old girl named Ronnie. She lives with her uh, Gujarati immigrant parents in Molokai, or Molokai, depending on who you ask on the internet, um, in Hawaii. Her parents own and operate the town's general store and the town's restaurant. It's a very small town, and they have, like, the two things that there are to do in town. Um, they have moved to Hawaii. Recently, her father decided to uproot them from their Connecticut home and move to Hawaii. Um, and her her parents, uh, her mother went along. They had an arranged marriage, and her mother is very unhappy. She's very distant. She and, and Ronnie have not had a very close relationship. Her mother gets very upset about things. Um, and But Ronnie is very close with her father, um, unfortunately, she's she's very close with her father. Like there's some some stuff that goes on in the book oh. that is is sad. Um, so Ronnie's in Hawaii. She doesn't really have any friends. She calls herself flat chested and dirty, um, but she's really into slam poetry and hip hop, and it's like what she does to keep herself happy and it makes her happy. And she reads all about it and writes poetry. Um, as the book opens, she discovers her father with another woman. Um, and she's devastated by this. Like, as I mentioned a minute ago, they had this very close relationship. And, you know, as as um, awful as it is, she kind of feels like he's cheating on her and cheating on her mother. Um, and she re- she realizes, like, she's been replaced in his heart. So she shaves her head, which is a thing that widows do in India, um, because she feels like she has been left. And um, she turns to performing hip-hop and slam poetry to sort of take her mind off of things. There's a man named Mark who comes in the store that she has a crush on, um, and he gets her into going out to clubs and performing this stuff. Um, it's The book is just fantastic. It's supposedly autobiographical, and hmm. and I just, my heart, you know, Sonia Patel is just, oh my goodness. Well, you know, Ronnie is such a strong, amazing young woman. And the book deals with so many things. It deals with immigration, with sexual abuse, um, arranged marriages, young love, teen awkwardness, the, you know, being forced to be an adult before you're ready. Mm. It's just so fantastic. It, uh, I want everyone to read this. Again, it's called Ronnie Patel in Full Effect by Sonia Patel. My next one is one of those also that I just think everyone should read it because it is terrific. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on the fall preview show. It's Children of the New World, uh, short stories by Alexander Weinstein. This is speculative fiction about the near future. um, And it's a world that Weinstein imagines is dominated by technology. Um, There's a story about some guys who have a startup and what they sell is digital memories, manufactured digital memories. Um, So people want like a memory of a vacation rather than actually going on the vacation. Uh, And these guys learn details like, you know, people don't just want the memory of like standing on the mountaintop. They want to remember uh, sort of the bumper memories, the edges of stuff. Like they want to remember the fight they had in the airport and then the guy who was snoring next to them on the plane and then the cab ride from the airport to the hotel and and the whole thing um, so that it feels more real. And they're doing this research about what kind of memories people want and how do you manufacture memories successfully and one of them is a little evil and crazy and um, 
that it really, you know, that story really explores like what would happen if we could just give ourselves the things that we crave emotionally uh, without actually having experiences. Uh, there's another story where enlightenment has become not a thing that you achieve by like meditating, but you essentially like take a drug and download some software into your brain that gives you enlightenment. Um, my favorite piece in the collection is called Openness, and it imagines this near future where people don't talk to each other really anymore. Um, all of your memories and all of your experiences and thoughts and feelings are stored inside you and you sort them into layers. And so there's like the public layer that you make accessible to anyone that you meet. And then there's the next layer under it where you reveal some things. And so if you see somebody, like the story begins with the main character seeing a woman on the train in New York and he wants to talk to her. So they look at each other and then he like blinks a message to her. You like write messages in your eyes and they blink over to other people that they also read behind their eyes because you have technology installed into your brain. Um, and then you can like open another layer when you want to share something. And so the big movement in this world in relationships is total open where instead of sitting down and telling someone all of your stuff or gradually telling your partner all of your stuff over the course of life, when you reach a point with the person that you're dating where you want full intimacy, you make all of your layers open to them. And sort of all at once, they can see your memory of the terrible thing that happened to you in fourth grade and uh, that fleeting thought that you have about the hot waitress who walks by and your hopes for the future and how maybe those don't like when you picture your future and your children, you're not actually picturing the person that you're with as your spouse and um, all sorts of complications. It was so interesting. Um, Weinstein imagines this world as one in which people don't really relate to each other anymore. There's another story where like people don't go outside. They don't date. They don't even have sex with their partners that live in their same house. You put on like a rubber suit and you go into the digital world together and do your own thing and you just happen to be sharing physical proximity. It's very dark uh, and a much more, I guess, pessimistic take on technology than than I personally have that I, that I think we will be facing in the future, but he imagines it so fully that it's just fascinating. This is a great thought experiment uh, as a collection of short stories. If you like, I don't know, Kelly Link and Karen Russell, I think those are good analogs. Definitely George Saunders fans, you want to pick up this collection. Uh, again, it's Children of the New World by Alexander Weinstein. Fantastic. It's so good. Like, I love technology, but that kind of sunshine doesn't make for interesting fiction. <laughs> no. So. Have you watched Have you watched Black Mirror at all? I haven't, but we're like four episodes into Mr. Robot. Ah, see, I haven't seen Mr. Robot, but I do really want to see that. Yeah. There's something that, um, oh, God, there's some really awful, like, Sylvester Stallone movie <laughs> where they have, like, digital sex. He and Sandra Bullock. What is that? Is that Judge Dredd? <laughs> Maybe oh, a, I don't know. Maybe it's a different one. Someone will correct me, I'm sure. That's what it made me think of, though. I was like, oh, I remember that. It was like <laughs> long, long, long time ago. It's so funny. Uh, <sighs> so, speaking so. of digital and the internet and... Okay, that segue isn't working. Uh, my <laughs> next book is called The Last Day of Jack Sparks by Jason Arnop. Um, it is nasty, nasty fun. I can't say that there are a lot of books that come with an Alan Moore recommendation, so I certainly <laughs> read them when I see one, because Alan Moore, he, he doesn't like a lot. 
Um, this one had a big, you know, glowing recommendation from Alan Moore on the cover, so I immediately had to read it. Um, the book, like I said, it's called The Last Days of Jack Sparks, and the introduction is written by Alistair Sparks, who is the brother of Jack, because Jack is dead. And he died while researching the book that you are about to read. Um, Sparks is this sort of John Ronson, A.J. Jacobs kind of writer. Um, he has this big following. He wrote a couple of great books and got a little bit of celebrity, and then he decided to write something called, I think it's like Jack Sparks Does Drugs, where he decides to try every drug. Oh, no. And it's a terrible idea, and it makes him sort of this, like, bad boy in the literary world, and, it, you know, it has horrible consequences, and his publishers are furious with him, and, you know, but also, like, people, like, just worship him now. Um, and he decides for his next book that he's going to research exorcism. He does not believe in God or the devil, and he does not believe in, like, spirits and all this stuff. And he's been, he hears about an exorcism in Italy, so he goes to Italy to check it out. He declares the whole thing is to, is fake. Like, he tweets, like, about it while it's going on. People find it to be very disrespectful, but he's just, like, laughing. He's like, this is so bad. Um, and shortly after that, a video appears on his YouTube channel. Not a video that he himself uploaded. Somehow someone has posted this video to his YouTube channel, and it's scary as hell. And people are like, wow, where did you see that? Is that a ghost? Like, it's just, like, the video is super creepy. And he's, like, perplexed. He's like, where did this come from? I have no idea what's ha what how this got here. But, it, it like, everyone is like, oh, my goodness. You know, all this attention is on him now for this video that he didn't post. So he decides to look into where the video came from. And as he does that weird things begin happening and it's just it's all downhill for jack from there um it's like a little bit like head full of ghosts it's a little bit like my best friend's exorcism it's a little bit like house of leaves it's it was very spine tingly i was reading this on the couch at night i don't know why like i don't know how i always end up reading the scary <laughs> books at night plan. but i was like Okay, I'm going to go to bed now, and to, in order to do that, you know, I have to turn off the lights to walk, and then walk across the room, and I was like, I was going to leave the lights, we'll just stay on tonight, that's fine, I'm not walking down that hall this is in totally the dark. normal. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's, like, the good kind of feeling, like, if you enjoy being terror terrorized, you know, um, that's the good kind of feeling that I got from this book, um, and he has completely nailed the social media aspect, like, he ha like, Jason Arnup has Twitter down, like, there's all these interactions, um, on in the book of like people tweeting at, at Jack Sparks and, and they're very realistic of like the crazy stuff that people like say to celebrities and the crazy stuff that people say and then, then the nice things that people like advice that they give them and all the stuff and there's also like a, a Jack Sparks website that you can go to which is in tribute to Jack Sparks because as I said Jack Sparks is no longer living um, and like interact with that like hear like Alistair Sparks last you know interview and or, or not his last interview but his interview with you know the author and like all the stuff um, and it's like super, super creepy, lots of fun. If you like being scared, highly recommend it. It's called The Last Day of Jack Sparks by Jason Arnup. That sounds great. It's so fun. But I'm like still recovering from Bird Box, so I might not Ooh, yeah. ever read another scary book. <laughs> <laughs> um, a thing about technology that is wonderful is audiobooks. Nice job. And that bring thank you. That brings me to our next sponsor, Penguin Random House Audio. They are back. We all know life can be stressful. Uh, even just saying words on a podcast can be stressful. Book club doesn't have to be, and I am glad for that because I have been historically terrible at actually reading the book club books. I never want to sacrifice any of my reading time for a book that someone else has picked out. 
But Penguin Random House and audiobooks can help you solve that problem because you can listen to your next book club pick while you're doing other stuff that you already have to do, like driving your car and doing chores and cooking and whatever. I know some folks who like to put on audiobooks while they take a bubble bath, whatever floats your boat. Uh, you can check out their book club picks by going to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash book club. They've got a bunch of recommendations, including some great books that we have talked about here on this podcast. They're recommending The Mothers by Britt Bennett, which doesn't come out until October, but it's one of our big picks for fall. Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo and Bue, which we talked about a few weeks ago. The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead, which everybody is talking about. Um, Syracusa by Delia Efron, which is one of my favorite books from the summer. It's dishy and gossipy and scandalous and great. Uh, there's Pirate Hunters, which you read that, right? I did. You did. I love you it. Love, you love a pirate book. Yes. So if your Our... uh, book club wants to do nonfiction, you can read Pirate Hunters and Liberty will make you pirate noises. Um, there's Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is about creativity and taking risks. Tons of good selections, quite a variety, and that's just to get you started. So again, go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash book club today. All right. Where even are we? Okay. So, my next pick is one that I haven't read yet. I'm really, really looking forward to it because I loved his last book. This pick is called Loner. It's by Teddy Wayne. His previous novel is The Love Song of Johnny Valentine, which is like a semi-satirical send-up about a teenage pop star that's basically a Justin Bieber stand-in. And it is hilarious and so smart. Loner is about a young man who is brilliant but socially inept, graduates at the top of his high school class. He heads off to Harvard and he is determined not to repeat the social isolation that he experienced in high school. He wants to win over his classmates. Uh, he's striving for acceptance. He meets this woman that he is just hell-bent on wooing, and apparently he compromises his moral standards to try to get her. And then we find out that neither of them is what they seem. Um, I was really hoping to get to this in time to have read it and talk about it on the show today. But since we're recording two shows at once and getting ready for a bunch of travel, it just wasn't going to happen. It is on my vacation book pile. Um, I will have read it by the time that we return in a few weeks. I love Teddy Wayne. He really has this like finger on the pulse of contemporary society thing going on. You can read him in the New York Times occasionally, and his essays are always like spot on with technology and contemporary culture. Like he gets it and he wants to make fun of it and point out the problems, but he also really loves it uh, some. And I'm hoping to see some of that in Loner as well. It sounds like it's going to be really captivating. Again, the book is called Loner by Teddy Wayne. That's on my short list, too. It's coming up here soon. Yeah. He's I, just so much fun. I'm really looking forward is. to I it. I met him at the National Book Awards. He was super nice. He was talking to one of my friends, and I walked over and started talking to my friend, and I was like, that's Teddy Wayne, who <laughs> was very excited. I think I've met him, too, but I can't remember where. Probably a BEA thing. Yeah, he's super awesome. Yeah. What's next for you? Something else super awesome. Yeah. That's the perfect segue. My last pick is a book that I just I didn't get a chance to talk about it on the podcast when it came out. Um, sometimes you have to make cuts, but I want to talk about it now because I'm still thinking about it, and I loved it so much. It's called The Hike by Drew McGarry. Um, he wrote a book that I love called The Post-Mortal, which came out several years ago, which is about people who could like choose to live forever and be undead or not in the, in the future. Um, like I said, this book came out several weeks ago, but it is so banana pants, I 
can't stop thinking about it. I heard it described as Cormac McCarthy does Alice in Wonderland. What? So I was like, even if, like, I love Drew McGarry, so I would have read it anyway, but that, I just, like, I have to have this right now. I can't even imagine what that yeah. looks like. Yeah, it's it's so fantastic. It's about a guy named Ben, and he goes on a business trip to Pennsylvania, leaving home, at home his wife and three kids. And while he has a little time to kill, he's waiting at this inn for his business associate to show up. He decides he's going to take a walk, get some fresh air, go for a hike behind the inn. Bam! That is, like, the last normal thing that will happen to him for the rest of this book. Uh, he, from then on, it's like Roald Dahl wrote an episode of Tales from the Crypt. It's <laughs> He's just walking along on this path when he stumbles upon something so horrific just like so, like oh my god, that's so scary. Uh, he runs, obviously, and as he starts to run back towards the end, like you know, trying to like get a signal on his phone and like call for help and all this stuff, like talk about what he's just seen. He realizes that the path he is on is no longer the same path that he had started out on, and the markers that he had written down so that he would remember his way back are no longer there. And from then on, he's in this crazy world where he's in danger all the time. You know, there's all these awful things that are out to get him, um, and as and also as he keeps walking, he relive, relives, like, parts of his life, like, different things that happened to him at different ages. Uh, he meets giants, he meets monsters, he befriends a belligerent talking crab who likes to swear. Um, all these clues, like, and he just keeps going. He can't get back to where he's going. He does, uh, you know, he doesn't know what's happening. Um, but all the clues and the things that he's told lead to someone called the producer, um, and he's looking to find the producer because he's really mad about what's happening to him. Um, and he goes along on his journey, and you follow along, and it's completely insane. Completely insane. It's like an R-rated Captain Blue Bear. I don't know if you ever read The no. 13 and a Half Lives of Captain Blue Bear by Walter Moore, but that is an awesome book. And this is like a, a more violent, scary one. Um, it also reminded me a lot of Christopher Moore. Um, I'm realizing like all these authors have a last name that starts with M now. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But it's, like I said, it's so banana pants. It's so much fun. Uh, again, it's called The Hike by Drew McGarry. I hope his publisher is listening so that they can take the, it's like Roald Dahl wrote an episode of Tales from the Crypt, because that is the most perfect blurb in the history of blurbs. Well, thank you very much. Excellent work. Uh, I'm going to wrap up this week with a shout out to a book that I love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is celebrating its 20th birthday today, which I did not know that this book was that old. It's The Sparrow no. by Mary Doria Russell. It was originally published in 1996. I thought it was pretty new when it was recommended to me when I was, I think, a senior in college um, in 2005. And I thought it was recent, but it had been out and like making the rounds for a while by then, apparently. Uh, this is a book that I think we've talked about before in yeah. maybe, maybe a Books We're Thankful For episode or something. Um, it is one of my favorite books. It's one of the books that I have read more than any Anything else, and the short billing for it is Jesuits in Space. The long billing <laughs> is uh, that I know it would be such a great comic book until the really <laughs> sad parts. Um, so the pitch is that it's the near future, and the Jesuits have uh, a bunch of research centers, and a scientist detects what he's pretty sure is music coming in from outer space. So they put together a team of people who are going to go, like they locate the planet where that this supposed music is coming from and they put together a team of people that are going to go and represent earth and find out 
who's on this other planet and where this music is coming from, what these beings are. Um, uh, some of them are Jesuit priests. The main character, Emilio Sandoz, is a Jesuit priest. He's a linguist. Some of them are lay people who are scientists and researchers, um, and they go off. They get shot to another planet and they get there, and there are other beings there, and they integrate themselves into that society as well as they can to research it. And um, amazing things happen and really terrible, very sad things happen. And the book functions to ask really big questions about the nature of faith and belief, um, about doing things because you feel called to do them by your higher power, about um, would a loving God allow terrible things to happen and why? Um, huge questions. It was the first time that I understood what science fiction can do. Um, I was such a litfic snob all through my young reading life and up through college. And if someone had handed me the book and called it science fiction, I think I would have missed this book. Um, it was just a professor of mine who was like, I know you like books and this is an amazing book and my book club read it and there's so much to talk about and you should read it. And I was like, sure. And I just started reading it. It, not knowing what I was getting into and just having my mind blown wide open. And I remember the first few years after reading it, I would recommend it to people and be like, okay, so it sounds like science fiction because they're going to this other planet and they're doing all these other things, but it's really literary. And I was like, no, this is science fiction and it's beautifully written. And this is the kind of thing that beautifully written science fiction serves to do. It serves to open up a new lens for us on the questions we have about our own lives. It is an amazing, amazing book. Um, 20th birthday. If you have not read The Sparrow, I highly recommend it. I don't know if there's an audio version of it, but Penguin Random House publishes this and you should check it out for your book club um, just to sort of tie everything back together. One of my all-time favorite books. I find something new in it and in myself every time I revisit. Again, it's The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. You know who told me to read that book? Who? Our fairy podmother. <gasps> Anne Kingman? Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, I believe it's her favorite book. It's a and good pick. it should be. It should. It is such a wonderful book. Yeah, right. so look, we made it. We did. We only have to do this one more <laughs> time today. <laughs> I felt like, I'm ready now. I'm warming up. Yeah, what are you going to go read now? Oh, so uh, our friend was in England and she was reading this book that she was Instagramming about and I discovered that it was available on Edelweiss here. It's called His Bloody Project by that Graham. That sounds like it's right up your alley. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got these bloody handprints all over the cover. It looks horrifying. It's But it was uh, longlisted for the Man Booker Prize, which is hard for me to say. As you know, I usually say the, you know, Man Liquor Bomb prize or something like that. Um, it, but it's it's a f novel, but it's supposed to be real. Um, apparently, like the author says that he found this manuscript that was written by a relative of his who murdered some people. Um, it takes place in Scotland in 1869. It's super awesome. I started reading it last night because I can read these things at night. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun to be scared though. Um, and yeah, so it's it's like about like this supposed like crime that took place and all these historical documents and all that stuff. Um, what are you going to read next? I think I'm going to read The Haunting of Hill House. Ooh, good I one. have never read it. And I just got a new edition of it in the mail. I was opening my book mail like earlier this morning. Uh, it's by Shirley Jackson, of course. And it seems like a good thing to take to the beach. Sure. Why not? Yeah. 
So I'm going to give that a shot. I had um, my Hill House t-shirt on yesterday. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's one of your, like, big faves, isn't it? My favorite of hers is we have always lived in the castle, which okay. they're making into a movie now. But Hill House is up there. Yeah, I just love her all around. Like, really, just well, she's amazing. If I get to it, I will report back. My beach pile is very ambitious, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're going to get there and be like, I just want to lay here with my face in the sand and not Basically, do anything. I bought myself an inflatable flamingo, and I plan, to, I plan to just, like, float around the pool with my flamingo hair on my flamingo float and, like, not really think about anything. It would be funnier if you were going to, like, the salt flats or something. I know. I just brought, I brought this an flamingo with flamingo. me. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, well... That's our show for today. <laughs> it sure is. We want to thank our sponsors. Again, go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra. Go to penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash book club to check out their book club recommendations. Again, really good stuff there. And don't forget to register for Book Riot Live. Come hang out with us in New York for a few days in November. It was an awesome time last year. It will be a great time this year as well. Even if you're thinking about coming alone, lots of people did that last year there's a great facebook group for attendees you can check it out you can talk to people let us all reassure you that you should come we're all friendly you will not be alone for long it's book bookriotlive.com and the offer code is more cats all one word to save 20 bucks on your registration if you want to drop us a line you can do that at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on twitter i'm rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty and if you've got a minute and you want to leave us a rating or a review on itunes that is a huge favor to us and it helps us to reach new people who are searching around on itunes looking for shows about books you guys have left us some really nice reviews lately so thank you very much yes, for that we have you. a great time doing this show every week and it's always nice to hear that that comes across um we really are friends it's not an act <laughs> <laughs> why would it be an act <laughs> i don't know how could you even fake this obvious chemistry <laughs> And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time because now we have to tell you about books coming out next week. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.